Welcome back. I'm Arlene Bynan in tonight for Alex Pearson. And we're touching on all the latest, what can we say, virus topics of the day, driving politics, driving everything. One of the the big pictures that actually went around the world were the protests that happened in the street of Montreal over the weekend. Chanting, free the young, free the young. 58% of the new cases in the province of Quebec are essentially the young or certainly younger under 40. These angry faces um, making their mark around the world, and it's not just in Montreal. We have seen these eruptions of these protests. What is driving this anger? What is it about our culture? We're asking ourselves all these questions. We decided to go deep. Roger McIndar is joining us, professor of psychiatry and pharmacology at the University of Toronto, head of mood disorders, psychopharmacology unit at the University Health Network. Welcome, Roger McIntyre. Thank you for being here. Arlene, great to be with you. Thanks for having me. What do you make of this? I mean, you know, when we look inside people's head and the psychology of how they're behaving in this pandemic, we're seeing these familiar faces, almost a familiar look of anger. As I just laid out, the cry in Montreal was free the young, and the young now are falling to this virus, 58% of those cases, younger than 40. Roger, what what is driving this in your opinion? Well, there's really two responses, Arlene. First is, is that we will have to agree that it's not one single factor driving this, and certainly not one single factor for any individual who is protesting and protesting loudly. So that's the first point. But let me, in fact, move quickly to the second point. That is a really a testable hypothesis, which I think would have some application to some or maybe even many people in this process. And it's the process or the phenomenon of being helpless. In other words, people have spent 13 months in this situation of malignant uncertainty with what's happening from their personal health perspective, their job, when they're going to have normal lives back again, when they get the vaccine, what does the future hold? This has been 13 months of malignant uncertainty. Along with that is that this uncertainty has been unpredictable. We still do not know the final uh, chapter of this. When is this going to end? Along with feeling brain fog, tired, lack of motivation, feeling anxious, many people are feeling helpless. And when we as people feel helpless, it's a threatening feeling. In other words, helplessness or not feeling much personal agency over our environment is a very threatening phenomenon. And all animals, in fact, react with irritability, rage when they feel helpless. How does a, how does a dog react when it's been injured and is helpless on the street when it's been hit, for example, with rage? And so rage is a reaction very often observed in states of helplessness. I don't think that's the explanation for all this. But I do think it's an element of what we're seeing at the current time. All right. Let me ask you then, you know, as you're describing that, I'm thinking of what we know about the primitive situation. This kind of fear and anger, I think maybe you're talking about, it used to keep us alive, didn't it? It made us fight the tiger, push the rock out of the way, whatever we had to do. This is something different, but human beings are, are around because of this kind of fear and rage. Arlene, it's so, so clever the way you've 
taken an evolutionary approach to this, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. You see, we've evolved our threat system, and believe me, we've all been under threat for 13 months. Our threat system, the alarm system in our brain, and there is a brain area that's responsible for threat called the amygdala. It's evolved, you know, since our earliest existence as a system that would signal threat. And the threat was usually a short-term threat, uh, maybe a minute, maybe three minutes, because we either escaped the predator or the predator got us. It was one or the other. In other words, our alarm system has evolved for very short-term bursts of threat. It had never evolved for 13 months of this. And so what you have over time, over time is the brain is trying to accommodate to this chronic, unpredictable, stressful event. And we know over time, the brain begins to change in its anatomy. And over time, that change in anatomy results in a state where the animal, a lot of this work's done in, in lower animals, like, you know, like, like rats, for example, it's been shown that the animal becomes more aggressive, probably in part because it's losing cognitive functions. Cognitive mm-hmm. functions are what we rely on for more adaptive responses to our environment. And instead of our, our higher order brain taking control of our actions, you see, unfortunately, a hijacking by the emotional part of the brain. And that's been shown in stress research in many, many, in many studies. So I do think that there is an aspect here where the fear response has been activated for 13 months, not three minutes. Mm-hmm. With this nothing. Un- I mean, Turning the tap on that. I want to move because we're heading down somewhere. That's part of it. What about the other part? You know, we're talking about the modern reality. We weren't built for 13 months of this. Were we built for the kind of information we're getting? That there is a business model against clicks and logons, all that stuff. And people are telling us things that aren't always the full story. There's a lot of manipulation going on from so many different areas here. And is that a part of this as well? Well, I think that if you were to look at measures of trust, for example, the Pew Research Institute in the United States recently reported on this, People are reporting significantly lower levels of trust, not only in their neighbor, not only in their political leaders, but also in the media. There's been tremendous erosion of trust, and there's not a simple explanation to that. There's a long story to that with many, uh, if you will, uh, co-conspirators in on that erosion of trust. But certainly when we are under a state of threat, the way we, in fact, alleviate the threat is to find security. Security means Uh, interpersonal connectedness, but it also means security in the message. And I think that Canadians have been exposed often to information that has been inconsistent, on occasion has been inaccurate, and there's been a political valence to a lot of the messages being given out. That does not foster trust. Moreover, whenever we're under a state of threat, it's essential that there be clear um, uh, timelines put in place that are realistic. This is important. In other words, yes, this is going to come to an end. It does not help the population when leaders tell the, 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 the society, we have no idea when this is going to end. It could go on for three to four more years, which is what we've been hearing from some uh, senior officials and leadership. That is the wrong message. It's also, they don't even know that. So, how, so that's not even a, a message based on evidence. 
it's better, in fact, to have messages that are scientifically supported, that have timelines in place that are realistic. And that's, in fact, what we're not hearing. And therefore, people are very mistrustful, so they have no home base to alleviate their distress. All right. It's a complex kind of messaging in a world that we live in, and we are primitive beings. We've We've seen this movie before, haven't we, in so many ways. I'd like to thank you, though, for joining us today. And I'm sure that really hit the mark with a lot of people. We know what we're feeling, and sometimes it explains to know that many before us had the same kind of fears. Thank you, Roger McIntyre. Thanks for having me. All right. And it does help, doesn't it? I think it does, if we can get some kind of reasoning. And when um, Roger McIntyre said, you know, give us some kind of an end date, That resonated with me. The vaccines, when will we have them? And then when we get them, make sure that we live up to that date. Roger McIntyre, professor of psychiatry and pharmacology at the University of Toronto.